Hey, this is Quick to Listen, and this is Morgan Lee. I'm an assistant editor here at Christianity Today, and I am joined this week by Caitlin Beatty. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Morgan. How's it going? Caitlin, we are doing something a little bit different this week on Quick to Listen. So do you want to tell everyone who our guest is this week? I suppose so. Our guest this week is our co-worker, Richard Clark, online managing editor. Hey, Rich. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Morgan. Kind of hey. our, our co-podcaster, too. I'm happy to be here. Do you prefer Rich or Richard? I always, anytime someone answers that question, I refuse to answer it. I say, He prefers you Richie? Dec- you decided. <laughs> no. Yes. Rich, Rich or Richard are the two options I will offer. But I it's force kind of like, people to It's choose. like choosing between two lesser evils in an election season. It's exactly like that. It's and, like, and Richie's like the third party candidate. The way I would answer it is Richard is my professional name. I, I'm Richard in print, but otherwise, I don't care. Fair enough. So this week, we are actually going to be taking the summer and using that as inspiration and giving this all kind of a 4th of July, three-day weekend type of twist. And so think of this as like a precious moment segment on steroids. It's the precious moments. Extra- extravaganza. I think I like extravaganza better than the steroid metaphor. Oh, yeah. We should definitely not use a steroid metaphor. But we can't, I was just going to say, we can't do a, a Precious Moments themed episode without the song. Precious, precious, precious moments. Can we harmonize now? No. Okay. So I thought we would kick off our Precious Moments episode this week by talking about where we're going to be going on vacation for the three-day weekend. So, Richard, do you want to start us out? I'm going to Bloomington, Indiana to visit some friends. Indiana or Illinois? Illinois. That's what I said. (laughs) Bloomington, Illinois. I'm going to Bloomington, Illinois to visit some friends, and we're going to watch fireworks. What else are we going to do? Have these friends met your son before? Yeah, they have um, twins, and their twins will play with my son. Most likely... I'm trying to decide which of those will beat each other up. I feel like we both have big kids, but their twins can gang up on Atticus. Atticus is large, so he probably can fend for himself. He's like in the 400th percentile or something. Yeah, but I think their kids are more rambunctious. Atticus is a little more sensitive and like shy, and so he might feel scared. Yeah. So that'll be fun to watch. I think it's just going to literally be us. This is what happens when you're parents and you're all new parents and you hang out together. You just stare at your kids as and they you, play like, talk together. talk about different like parenting techniques and naps. You talk about and... how phones are bad. You talk about how you want to buy a house or how they bought a house and that's cool. And you talk about, that's about it. Mm. And you say, oh, the house is a mess. No, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. You have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say things like that. I'm so sorry. Your house is a mess. Yeah. Caitlin, are you going on vacation this weekend? I am. I'm heading up to Grand Haven, Michigan, which is on Lake Michigan. And this is a place that my grandmother used to live. And so we spent a lot of my childhood visiting her and my grandfather um, every summer. She lives in Ohio now, but we will be renting a large lake house and kind of just shooting the breeze. Like, I'm sure we'll go get ice cream and watch fireworks. I want to make a special kind of alcohol optional cocktail no one has to drink it with the alcohol but if they want to add it they can and potential of alcohol yeah yeah um my brother recently got engaged so his fiance will be there as well mr Beatty. yeah yeah i i am really excited for them so it'll just be a totally 
relaxing family reunion weekend. What what outdoor activities will you do other than shooting breezes? Well, we want we think that the rental comes with kayaks and a boat, so we'll we'll be on like a small lake, not like Michigan, like a smaller one. So we'll definitely want to go out in the water, maybe swim, maybe go on a bike ride. The weather's supposed to be awesome. Sounds fun. Yeah. So idyllic. Nice. Yeah. How do you spell about- that? I D Y Y I-D-Y-L-L-I-C. Morgan, go. Uh, too many Ys. Where are you going this weekend? Tonight, I am flying to New York City, and I will be spending about five days there, and I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing right now besides living off the generosity of my friends. Thank you, everyone, who's putting me up and also <laughs> listens to this podcast. That's the way to live. Probably it will involve it's very some... X4. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Or is that X2? Two, two. two X2. Two. So I think I'll just be taking in all the sights and sounds of New York City on a holiday weekend, which basically means that some people that I wanted to visit in New York will not be around. You weekend. said, yes, mm, you told true. me yesterday that one of your favorite activities in New York is people watching. And I have to imagine that there is a lot of people watching to be had over a 4th of July weekend in New York. It's a great place to just grab, sit on a bench and then just watch people interact with a fountain. I also just love, or I also like sitting down eating ice cream and watching people. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, I did that with one friend, and we found four couples in a row where the girl was taller than the guy, which is so <laughs> rare. <laughs> and that's why New York is so liberal. Correct. People, see, I've heard that's like the <laughs> last... All, all gender norms just go out the window. That's the last barrier for a lot of people. I read an article about that earlier this year. <laughs> you should come to Bloomington, Illinois, and watch our very small people in- interact along with us. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> I will yeah. politely decline. That's what we're doing is we're just watching small people. I haven't seen Atticus for a really long time. He's so big. Yeah, I know. I mean, I see photos all the time, but like I haven't seen him in person for months. He misses you. <laughs> he talks to you about, about you a lot. I know. Not really. He just says, eh. That's all he says right now. <laughs> so for this part of our precious moment segment, extravaganza, excuse me, I'm wondering if we can all tell our audience about an article that we read this week that moved us somehow. Mm. So I'm going to start in case you guys are all wondering an example of something that moved you. Today, I read probably a 5,000 word New York Times piece. Maybe I skimmed it a little bit. Sorry, New York Times about Canadians, specifically people from Toronto that are accepting Syrian refugees and welcoming them in. And so I don't know how much our listeners know about the refugee resettlement program in the U.S., but a lot of that is done through organizations where the organizations are actually the groups that sponsor these refugees and bring them into the communities. But in this case, it's specific people and families and networks and groups of friends Hmm. who are sponsoring the refugees themselves. So it's not like a world relief where it's it's playing a middle mm-hmm. person. It's like directly like family stepping up and saying, we want to help this Syrian family resettle or we're going to host them for however long they need before settling in. Is that? Yeah, exactly. Wow. We're going to help them find English classes, give them apartments to rent, look out for jobs, help them pay back their airplane tickets. The article was so fascinating because the first part of the article, you're like in awe of what these people are doing. But the the article did such a good job giving voice to the refugees themselves and trying to talk about like the complexities of like, yeah, it can be great to have a bunch of nice people welcome you, but that doesn't mean that the transition is smooth mm-hmm. or easy or that leaving 
family members behind in either Syria or other parts of the Middle East is somehow this easy, non-tortured decision just because you have a group of smiling people mm-hmm. that are there to welcome you and that some of the dynamics of like white saviorism aren't in play. And sure. it, it, it kind of like delved in the complexities about that and also just the sense of loss. The story ends, though, so amazing because one of the people on the networks actually ends up getting breast cancer at the end. And this community that she built by reaching out ends up being able to, like, really give back to her in a time of need. Anyway, it's super powerful. Cool. I loved it. Go read it this weekend. Can you uh, share it on Twitter mm-hmm. so that we can go read it? Yeah. Okay. Everyone listening can find Morgan on Twitter at M-E-P-A-Y-N-L. Thanks, go. Caitlin. What did you read this week? Yeah, well, admittedly, I didn't read that much non-CT articles because work and stress. But I I did read a really interesting op-ed in the Washington Post yesterday by Kristen Hawkins, who's the president of Students for Life, which is one of the largest pro-life organizations um, in the country right now. And she was noting that Donald Trump had not responded to the Supreme Court decision on Monday overturning the restrictions on several abortion clinics in Texas, which was you know, overwhelmingly seen as a pro-choice victory and had a lot of pro-life advocates um, upset, understandably. And she was just basically pointing out that for a candidate who has said he's pro-life and told a, a room of 500 evangelical leaders last week that he was committed to the pro-life cause. And yet on Monday, he's tweeting out negative things about Elizabeth Warren. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, even if you're lying, like, even if you have no intention of actually furthering any kind of pro-life cause, at least be strategic enough to respond to this the day of. And to me, it just kind of confirmed that Trump is not a trustworthy person in terms of what he says and he's reached like a new low of pandering to the evangelical community would we call it pandering if he did speak up well he did finally speak up today actually so this was the first today he did comment that he made basically he said if we had scalia or scalia was replaced by me you wouldn't have had that Mm. yeah that's bad I, if Scalia would, were replaced by me, like he would be on the Supreme Court. No. Now, like, if we had Scalia, or if a Scalia was replaced by me, you wouldn't have had I that. Okay. Him. If it would have been the opposite, which, as some have pointed out, it wouldn't have been the opposite. No, the decision was five three. Yeah. So if Scalia it'd had been, been replaced, four. it'd been five four. Ah, got it. Oh, so yeah. he made his first response today, and it's notable he did not release it on Twitter or in a statement. He was asked that on a radio show. Yeah. So he wasn't proactive about it. He, no. was, he was kind of forced to answer that question. Interesting. Yeah. I also, though, I, I think I, I'm interested in the millennial generation of pro-life advocates and some of the language that they've used to talk about their cause. The language and kind of the way that the Supreme Court decision was framed was that from the pro-life side is like, this is actually bad for women. So you see a rhetorical advance of the argument that abortion actually harms women if we say that we're for the dignity of women and for true women's health and empowerment abortion does not actually provide that so which is kind of a good approach i think for evangelicals to take in the sense that it's looking for some common ground right that we like everyone wants to protect women so in a sense there's a little bit of like uh calling the other side's bluff there right like Mm -hmm. trying to Mm -hmm. and i think both sides are trying to do that in certain aspects but it's also a sign that we're at least saying we want to work together on the same issues, which I think is a good tact for mm-hmm. evangelicals to take for sure. 
All right, uh, Richard. So I used to edit, full disclosure, at this website. It's, it's called GameChurch.com. As well um, as Christ in Pop Culture, but that's different. Yeah, I wasn't even going to bring that up, but if you want to go to ChristinPopCulture.com, <laughs> you can do that too. I used to edit at GameCharts.com as the managing editor. Drew Dixon's there, still doing a great job, and they just published an article called Six Games. This is a, list, a list post. So it tells this is you a listicle. The listicle. Six Games That Celebrate Grace. I just thought this was like a really encouraging, interesting piece. There are some obvious choices in here, like a game that was featured in our magazine called That Dragon Cancer. It's kind of a... I doubt the they'll be one. obvious to our listeners. Well, if our listeners or readers have paid any attention, we've mentioned That Dragon Cancer in various venues. Right, right. But I mean... I don't know if, if any of the other ones would be obvious. Like, oh, that's clearly, obviously, a, a grace-based right. game. So, actually, the second choice is really interesting to me. It's called Daisy, which is like this multiplayer zombie game. It's a nightmare to play. It's like really discouraging experience. But every now and then, someone comes and like helps you. But to help another player is a very costly experience. Hmm. It costs something to give someone a gift or to give someone help or grace, as you would. So uh, it's a very like Christian idea of grace in the sense that grace is costly. It requires a sacrifice. Um, and so there's stuff like that in that article. If you want to check it out, GameChurch.com. Could I play DZ on my iPad? Nope, you Shoot. couldn't. I, what, it's, a, it's kind of a game for people who are really ready to invest it's a hard one. I mean, I don't have anything else going on in my life. So, like, I really want to find a game that I can get obsessed Maybe with. Maybe instead of eating <laughs> ice cream staring at the lake this there week, are you no, can just stay inside with the doors closed and the shades down. And There are no real iPad, iPad options on here. But, um, what's you know. the? <laughs> this is a bit of a <laughs> tangent. But what's the best iPad game you've played in the last six months? I would recommend Badland 2. See, I tried Badlands and I couldn't get into it. Okay, then try Human Resources. Um, <laughs> it's called Human Resources? I think it's called Human Resources. I need to actually launch it in order to see the full title. But it's by the people who... It's by Tomorrow Corporation. They made a game called World of Goo, which is one of my all-time favorite games. Actually, that game is World, old, but it... World of Goo? World of Goo. It might be on the iPad. I think it might be. Human Resource Machine is what it's called. Okay. It's a satire of what it's like of to like work corporate. in like a nameless corporation. It's like the Dilbert of iPad games. <laughs> it's like a dark, really dark version of Dilbert. Cool. Um, and you basically program these little workers to oh, do various... Oh, man. It's just like what I do at CT. <laughs> <laughs> so Did y'all hear that? You'll enjoy that. Anything that allows me to like really exercise my desire for control. Yeah. You would love You would love <laughs> this game. You would love oh, this game. My. I don't know why I didn't think of that first in your case. Um, it's a <laughs> Better good, late than never. It's a good option. You should check it out. Cool. So for those of you who usually listen to Quick to Listen, you know that we have something that we do called a gut check where we take an issue and we ask people to give very short responses. So I'm going to borrow the short responses part of the gut check thing <laughs> and ask everyone to apply it to the last question that I'm asking, which is what is a piece of culture that you recommend to our listeners in 140 characters or less? Yeah, I've been enjoying this podcast called Lead Stories. It's by Joe Saxton, who is a prominent Christian leader living in Minneapolis. She spoke at the IF Gathering this year. And Stephanie, one of Joe's friends, also in Minneapolis. And 
it's so it's two women, but it's not specifically about women's leadership, but they cover everything from like holistic health to burnout to conflict to racial diversity, just anything that leaders would be thinking through, they touch on in a fun and informative way. I enjoy it. Thanks that for those five tweets. Way more than 140 It's characters. okay, Richard. You can take up the challenge. All right. Two answers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> One gee. answer. A movie called Spotlight. It made me feel sick. And a game called Overwatch. If you're intimidated by the idea of a competitive multiplayer shooter but you're interested in trying it, this is the one. It's going to make you feel okay, as opposed to bad about being bad at the game. Thank you for hmm. your three tweets. It's better than Caitlin did. I literally tweeted this this morning. I did not fall in love with Chicago until I read the book, The Third Coast. And Who's it by? It is by Thomas Dijah, and it's a story of Chicago's cultural history and some politics from the 1930s to the 1970s. Hmm. So that is it for us this week on Quick to Listen. The Extravaganza Edition. The Precious Moments Extravaganza Edition. Thank you all for listening to us this week. As you know, you can always find us on social media. We are on Twitter at CT Podcasts. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash CT Podcasts. And you can chime in and answer these questions for us. And we will be glad to interact with that. We want to thank our producer, Richard Clark, for appearing on the show this week. Richard has some words that he would like to tell you guys. Hey, I have a podcast. It's also by Christianity Today. We interview church leaders, people who are doing cool things out there in Christianity. It's called The Calling, and we just sit down and talk to them. Thanks, Richard, for plugging that. It's informal. It's personal. It's all over the place. You'll love it. You'll love it. Also, we want to thank Cray Allred, and thanks to Kate Shelnut, and we will see you all next week. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July.